Guys, our Bearcats couldn't pull it off. Our first regular season loss in quite some time. So I think there's some do-over reaction out there. Out there, But, you know, overall, you got to say the Cats looked like the better team, I thought, uh, the whole way through. You know, unfortunately, crucial mistakes. Ben Bryant came out uh, not as confident as I think you'd like to see out of a fifth-year guy. But I think encouragement for the Bearcats from this past weekend. The rest of the season, I think, could be uh, could be great. Great learning. Great learning uh, step in the journey here. Yeah, unfortunately, not a whole lot of uh, high-profile games the rest of the way. Not so much. Oh, God, that schedule. No, but yeah, but moving up way north, I guess, since we were going from Arkansas up to the center of the universe this past weekend. Columbus, Ohio, the stars were out. The D's shine brightest. Can I say that for real? It's there. That's why they paid the man $2 million to move from Oklahoma on up. And extremely excited, happy. You know, the offense, everybody's all upset about it. It's going to be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. Relax. Relax. (laughs) R-E-L-A-X. Thank you. Yes, relax. That offense is going to be high-powered by the end of the year. And the Buckeyes are back. Should be the favorites. Paul Feinbaum. The favorites? I think so. Feinbaum. You know who else should be? Who did Bama play? You know who else should be favorites? Who? At least... Uh, One of the top couple teams in the East. I think they're they're coming towards oh, yeah. the favorites. Oh yeah! In the Eastern Conference, the Cavs make a surprise big move last week. Uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, was expected to be traded by the Utah Jazz, probably to the Knicks. The Knicks were really the only team you were hearing. Mm-hmm. I heard a little bit about the Cavs last month, but then all of a sudden, the Knicks took a little break. The Cavs swooped in Monday night. And uh, ended up getting Donovan Mitchell, all-star shooting guard for uh, Laurie Markkinen. Uh, their first-round pick, Oche Obagi, uh Colin Sexton, who agreed to a, uh, like a sign-in trade. Three first-round picks and two pick swaps. So, That's our show, folks. Ohio State to the Natty. Cavs in four. And welcome back to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. For the first time in a long time, we've got the whole crew together. We've got a whole lot to talk about. And we've got a whole lot of uh, different drinks on the board, guys. So, you know, as was mentioned in the cold open, uh, a big week one in the state of Ohio. Some big games, uh, some up and down results. The, The big... Uh, Cavs trade for Donovan Mitchell. And guys, as we record, we are just three days away from the start of the NFL season. Crazy. And six days away from the openers for the Browns and the Bengals. Football is almost fully back. It's unbelievable, man. I'm so glad it's here. Just watching some of the Kent State-Washington Saturday night. Blowout game. Loved it. Just getting to stay up and watch that. Hawaii the one night. Ah, I'm so so glad it's back. Some, uh, you know, Bowling Green hanging, yeah, hanging yeah. tough for a little bit. Miami hanging tough for a little bit. Unfortunately, some those back schools games. couldn't get some, uh, some uh, coverage. Party in Athens. I'll tell you what. Bobcats handle oh, yeah. business. Against FAU. Hey, that's pretty shocking. 
I don't yeah, think anybody I was, was taking not, them. Yeah. I, I no, they were. Didn't. No, I, I uh, they were. I think you know, like touchdown underdogs. Yeah. FAU had a big win over Charlotte Week One or Can't Week Zero. Handle so. the banks of the Hawking River, man. As I'm going to say, you don't march down there. So to my right, the man who's back with the takes, been out for a couple weeks, but back and ready to go. It's Zach. Zach, how are we feeling today? Feeling really good. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody's kind of like downish now in high state. They dropped in the polls and stuff. I played a top five team and handled it. It's week one. It's week one, too. Week yeah, one. handled their business. I don't know why everybody's all pissy about it. Should have scheduled Utah State. I, apparently, yeah. Well, I know some schools sometimes go up early on Notre Dame and carry a lead into halftime. Some some great programs do. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, that's fair. <laughs> Uh, that that I get to hear that all year. That voice of condescendence coming from the ones and twos is Josh. Josh, disappointing uh, result for the Cats. Definitely felt like the better team, but just you know couldn't get it done. Too many mistakes, uh, too many issues, and just a, a you know a couple too many plays not made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was tough not. It was tough having as wide open as some of the guys were for some sure touchdowns uh, in the red zone uh, inefficiency uh, is just was tough, tough to watch, especially, uh, you know, that's something we'll touch on with the Bengals a lot today is red zone inefficiency. Just to see that with the Bearcats and not being able to convert some of those points along with the penalties from a Luke Fickle team was really shocking to see. Uh, But, you know, it. When you're backed up inside the 10 of an SEC school and you commit three, I think actually a total a total of is what it ended at of five pre-snap penalties. Boy, they're going to get loud and it's just going to get worse for you from there. So, but a learning experience. Yeah, and you've seen that at times, especially, you know, the first game of the year last year against uh, or the first road game of the year last year, uh, you know, even in Indiana was kind of tough. Yeah. Or they they had a couple of pre-snap penalties. I mean, Looking forward to them, though, you got to expect probably an eleven and one season. I mean, they look yeah. like they, they look like a good team. They looked like a good team, but they looked like a new team. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll take it and run with it. And of course, in the middle, my name's Greg. I run this show, and guys, I am pumped about this Donovan Mitchell trade. I didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, you know, the Cavs seemed like they were kind of in and then kind of out. Maybe waiting for another year. Some kind of. Uh, Tense moments, figuring out what was going on with the Colin Sexton situation, able to put everything together, get a proven scorer, a guy who's done it, does have some defensive questions, but this defensive team has been solid, and they are, you know, they are six, seven, eight deep, uh, you know, at positions. I mean, they've got, right now, you're looking at a a starting lineup of uh, Garland, Mitchell, Isaac Okoro, uh, Mobley, Jared Allen, and then you have Karis LeVert, who's a solid player off the bench. Uh, Kevin Love, who was great off the bench last year. And, you know, some veteran presence in a Ricky Rubio and a Robin Lopez. So they have two units that can get things done. Man. And I think the Cavs turn in from like a fun team, you know, that'll make the playoffs to a team that, you know, should be hosting a, a, a home playoff game one, should be in the upper half of the East. So... Yeah, that really was out of nowhere. I, you you kind of texted our, our group chat or something. One of you sent off something. I about sent it. something off because yeah, I popped across like, my. I was just yeah, like, I was what? like, what? What? Now? Yeah, I was in a meeting and like uh, someone's phone rang. And so we all you know looked down real this quick is... to be like, oh, who was it? And I was like, hold on a second, what? <laughs> yeah. So I was like trying to focus in the rest of the meeting, also being like, 
all right, the Cavs got Mitchell. What did they give up? What the heck's going on here? Oh, like, yeah. how much of the, the franchise did we... And obviously, it's a ton of picks, uh, but... At least some of them are swaps, though, right? Well, yeah, some so, of them, because you can only do so many picks then, in a yeah, row, and you can't right, do... So, right, really, right. I don't think they lose a lot of capital, and, I mean, with the depth that you already have... Well, and the other thing is, the Jazz are going to be... A, I mean, they're a rebuild. They have, like, 15 picks in the next, like, six drafts in the first round or something like that, because of the Gobert and the the uh, the Donovan Mitchell trades. So, those pick swaps... You know, Mitchell just signed a new deal recently, so he's controllable. The rest of their team's controllable. So it's not one of those things like, you know, I mean, with the LeBron years where you were trading for a first round for a veteran with like a year left on his right. deal, and then you were going to lose that pick. So the pick swaps probably won't even matter because the Cavs will have a good pick and the Jazz will not. And then, you know, three first round picks, but you expect to be good during that point where those picks are basically glorified second round picks that you may get that extra year team control and that's about it or you get that guaranteed deal i guess well guys this is maybe one of the more unique episodes we've ever done for one we're doing our nfl futures show we'll be talking bets pretty much the whole show um as well as breaking down the browns and Bengals, of course before week one but uh It's also unique in that we're focusing this whole show around bets because we also have been delayed in paying off our own bets, specifically Greg and I. I say you two. I I pay my bets. Zach, I mean. Michael Lannister. Zach has been pretty good on the the 40 bets and the who you gots recently. Well, well, the problem is I would have loved to pay my bet out earlier, but, you know, we need a we usually need a couple guys to, you know, drink the beer. And when, you know, you're. You're not here to enjoy us paying up the bet. Also, I, I lost the bet to you, so you need to be here right, to have me right, pay up yeah. the bet. And I'm glad you actually got a legit 40. So, but I also think, yeah, you do have an authentic uh, 40 of Colt 45. But I think this is the most uh, the most different types of alcohol we've had on one episode, as I am also paying up my Malort bet to oh. Greg from the Field of Dreams game. And uh, have two shots of Malort in front of me. So taking a look, uh, what? My bet was from... Yours oh, was geez. a while ago. Yeah, uh, I can't even remember what it that was. was. From, and I was around. It was from uh, mid-June where uh, we bet the Dodgers-Guardians series. Right. Who was going to oh, win? Oh, yeah. Uh, the gods. Dodgers. Uh, well, no, guards took the first, Dodgers took the second, and then guards finished it out. And they then should have swept. But for the, the by field, by the way, we'll get to those guys eventually, maybe oh, next man. week, because it's a tight race there. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they're playing better. Next and week. then for the Field of Dreams game, we had uh, we had a two shot bet. Uh, if the Reds won, I believe it was going to be like a cayenne pepper. It was a Cincinnati uh, distilling hot sauce bourbon. Yep. And then uh, of course if the Cubs won. You try Chicago's favorite Malort. So uh, I'm enjoying a regular, I mean, full-on 40-ounce single great, bottle of Cold 45. Original every time. 5.6 ABV. Classic American lager since 1963. So fellas. just for the listeners, if this is your first time uh, hearing us discuss the 40 bets, uh, sometimes we will, uh, if it is one of our teams playing each other or if it is an inner Ohio matchup, we will not only do our who you got, but we will bet a 40 on it. And typically when we've done these, it's been hard for us to actually track down 
an authentic 40 ounce, usually we just oh, yeah. end up settling Considering for like two Josh cans and of I live liquor. on the uh, west side of Cincinnati and probably still you would think there'd it's be 40s everywhere. And you, yeah, they're difficult I'm, to find. I, this yeah, might be the first authentic 40 we've had. I think, I think we had I, one I, once before. I was going to say, I think you found one yeah. once, but yeah, normally these bets are either our teams or one of those things like the Dodgers Guardians where we try to egg each other on a little bit and then it gets it gets a little high to expand it a little bit here yeah. maybe get a few more of these mixed but in. uh yeah i think a lot of it we've had like the 24 ounce uh colts so we've added you know like almost two of what the one time you had the uh what was the miller brand that you got oh i got josh uh, king cobras once oh yeah i had go oh, um magnum magnum oh, yeah, magnum. magnum on the one yeah, time. with free condoms too. it was wild they trying fit, to find though. mickey's but you know so, uh, Zach is enjoying just a regular. Yeah, I mean, yeah I, Zach, uh, regular Zach beer. does get to drink some craft local craft beer. Yeah, I picked up uh, Taft's uh, Cincy Cobra in honor of uh, Ezra Charles. Uh, for those who don't know, he was heavyweight champion of the world, right? He was heavyweight. Um, I should have looked that I, I up before. So. I meant to. Like, I anyway, so. anyway, Hall of Fame world. In boxing world, very famous, uh, big deal. Yeah, Cincinnati. he was the world heavyweight champion. I, I can't remember if he was heavyweight or not. Yeah, world heavyweight champion. Yeah, he fought. He fought middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight. It's a Citra IPA, delicious, might I say. Uh, so pick that up. You see that charging fourteen dollars for these right now, though. Whoa. Yeah. Right. That's what I thought. Yeah, that was. I think the beer that we had last time uh, was uh, fourteen bucks for like a, a big six pack. So I don't know. Gonna Craft have beer. To start doing yeah. ads. Inflation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm enjoying what up, draft gangs. <laughs> Maybe we can get Malort. Ooh, Whoa. love that. Uh, so I'm enjoying or cold 45. I'm enjoying yeah, cold both. 45. It's got that nice uh, piss yellow color. Uh, it's delectable and uh, not garbagey at all. Oh, cheers, Greg. Oh, so I uh, I looked up real quick uh, on the Malort reviews. I'm going to see what I can find. Found a great great set of reviews by the top 10 new york sommeliers uh there's some really funny ones on here um one that just jumps out um it's like getting your mouth washed out with soap nasty floral pink kind tastes like a tea bag soaked in moonshine they must be even more miserable in chicago than i thought uh josh just took a nice little swig he's got oh. the double shot he covered his uh face with his hat for a solid 15 seconds there yeah, you guys can watch us on Spotify if you're not driving right now. So uh, if, if you want to take a look at that, but it, it's actually not as bad as I remember. It's still pretty. Uh, it's still pretty foul, but not as bad as I remember. It's been it's been a few years. I try to avoid this stuff. So uh, as we're going along the show, we're going to be uh, some of us going to be enjoying some craft beer. Some of us are going to be jo- enjoying some very non-craft malt liqueur. And some of us are going to enjoy some lovely uh, tannins and textures of Malort. Well, guys, I always look forward to this one when we do this, uh, and I'm glad we can fit it in. I know a lot's going on right now in the sports world in Ohio, but... uh, here to talk some NFL futures before we get to breaking down the uh, Browns and Bengals season. And uh, I don't know uh, where we want to start off here. I kind of had them split into uh, get us warmed up with some basics. The basics. The basics. Uh, and these are all, uh, you know, your 
futures you can find out there at most uh, most sports books if you uh, travel outside Ohio for just a little one more season here <laughs> before we uh, finally get legal sports gambling in Ohio in January. Uh, but these are all per uh, MGM. And we'll start with uh, NFL AP MVP, most valuable player. Uh, pretty common one to start with there. Uh, just looking at. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a whole lot. It looks like, uh, you know, a lot of them have the uh, the favorite Josh Allen, uh, who I'm not sure if you've heard of. Uh, plus 700 is the consensus right now. Yep, plus 700. Uh, you'll see um, Patty Mahomes. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, Justin Herbert, um, a guy that I've, I don't know if you've heard of him, Zach, uh, um, Aaron Rodgers, Rodger, Rodgers, no. and then, um, he's a placeholder for Jordan Levin. Uh, yeah. Yes. Utah state, baby. <laughs> uh, sixth on that list is, uh, Cincinnati's own Joe Burrow. So yep. thanks uh, for picking me up there. I lost a uh, lost connection there. Oh, you're good. Um, some other ones that pop out, uh, former Buckeye Justin Fields at about plus 8,900, uh, plus 12,000 for Nick Chubb. Uh, Jamar Chase plus 15,000. So uh, Joe Mixon plus 17,000. Mm, Jamar that's, uh, Chase plus 15,000. That's that's a juicy little dark horse there. Is it though? Not really. I, I mean, mean, it's like the Heisman anymore. Yeah, you're yeah. going to. I mean, it's. Right. it's Cause what I, I think Jamar Chase would have to have like two thousand receiving yards, probably a thousand rushing yards yeah. somehow. We'll like, save it for the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, okay. Thing. Yeah, there you go. I mean, <laughs> if you look at, I believe the last uh, the last MVP that was not a quarterback was won by I think it was Adrian Peterson mm. back in uh, yeah twenty twelve when he ran for two thousand yards. So since then, I mean, yeah, you've had a quarterback or a running back. The last non-quarterback or running back was how many time was uh, when Lawrence Taylor won in 1986. Ooh, wow. So I would probably stick in the quarterback range. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Zach, we'll start with yeah. you. Who who are you thinking? I'm gonna be very shocked. Um, no, I'm not picking Rodgers. Really? Back to no. backs. Back to backs hard. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I'm going with. Uh, uh, I was gonna go. With the boy in Buffalo, but now nah, I'm going to go with Herbert. I don't know. I like Herbert. I think if that someone carries their team as much, and like San Diego's got a good team. I don't know. That, that That's a nice, like if I'm playing this in a wager, I think that's a nice, some nice odds. That's very possible. Uh, for me, I'm going to go a little bit down the board because I, I, I do agree. I think Allen probably would be, you know, everything equal. I would yeah. probably say Allen has a good one. For sure. Uh, you know, Mahomes, obviously. But um, I think one of the things that kind of pops you know, pops out for MVP is like not come out of nowhere, but you know, giant improvements, jump forwards. And though he's a good quarterback and has shown he's a good quarterback, Russell Wilson on a new team in Ooh, Denver. Yeah. Yeah, I think if they yeah. play well, he will definitely be, you know, Oh, he picks him up. Pieces. He brings him in. Yeah. He's got good pieces, a very tough division, but uh, he's just behind Joe Burrow plus 1400. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a good one. And then plus 1900 Lamar Jackson. Has bad. won it before, but you kind of wonder how Time everything's going to go with the with the yeah. money and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Josh, who do you got? I'm going uh, pretty far down the board, guys, and this is a very shocking Jamar pick, Chase. especially if you guys know me and my, my my fandom here. This is a very bizarre pick for me. And I thought about doing Jonathan Taylor. Mitch Trubisky? No, no, I'm not that crazy. I thought about going Jonathan Taylor at plus 5,500 
uh, for a dark horse. And I actually was reading something from the athletic. They ran an anonymous players poll at the pro bowl last year. And he actually won MVP for last year out of that anonymous poll. Hmm. Uh, but you know, they got the Bearcat Alec Pierce at wide receiver one. They brought in Matt Ryan. I don't think the ceilings as high there. If you're talking about high ceiling, especially what, what, with what Greg was saying, you know, new system, new offense, Famous Jameis, baby. At plus 6,600. That's a good wow, one. That's, that's a, a good yeah. Jameis like Winston, it. guys, because yeah. look at what his weapons are. You got Michael Thomas, who's they're saying he's looking like 2019 Michael Thomas right now. You got Jarvis Landry down from Cleveland. You got Chris Olave from yep. Ohio State, along with Alvin Kamara. And you got yep. Melvin Ingram, or uh, yeah, Mark Ingram. Yeah, Mark Ingram, yeah, yeah. I mean... They, you know, they have they have one of the tougher schedules, I think the seventh toughest, and they have the most bizarre opening NFL schedule I've ever seen opening against the entire division consecutively at Falcons versus Bucks and then at Panthers. I think that's so weird. That is very yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they've, they've got a tougher schedule. But, man, statistically, I like, I for like it. Winston, hey, he threw for 5,000 really yards. People yeah. forget that. Well, and if you're looking at Jameis Winston and you think he'll be the MVP, also, right now, uh, second or third best odds, depending on where you're looking, uh, you know, on uh, Caesars, they have Jameis Winston is the second highest odds or second best odds for comeback player of the year. Yep. Uh, Derek Henry's won. Um, a late ad that's been added to some sports books since we've seen it is B. John Robinson, who is yep. a rookie. But uh, if you haven't heard the story, uh, got shot during a carjacking so may not come back till i you know sometime later in the year he's on the non-football injury list so he's up there but derrick henry winston who had the torn acl mccaffrey who's had some injuries uh baker mayfield is at plus a thousand yeah, i saw that um michael thomas plus 1200 uh former buckeye jk dobbins plus 2000 jk oh die. uh trubisky plus 2500 Chase Young plus 2,500. So, uh, you know, a number of guys all over the board. This one is, uh, you know, a little bit less uh, of just a quarterback award. It's a guy, you know, oh, yeah. usually injured or out or, you know, really had a down year for whatever reason coming back. Uh, obviously, Henry had the the foot injury, Winston ACL injury, and Baker that, that nagging shoulder injury. So we'll start with you, Josh. Who do you like in this comeback player of the year? I mean, Jameis is a good one to go with for all the reasons I had just said before. But, guys, Michael Thomas. Yeah. I mean, plus 1,100 on MGM, plus 1,200 you said on Caesars. Uh, so, depending on where you're looking here, pretty good value. Uh, reports in camp from uh, New Orleans is that this is the Michael Thomas you saw in the award-winning season back in 2019. This is old Michael Thomas. He's got that burst again. I mean, it's all there. He did just have... Small hamstring setback, but they're saying he's looking good to go week one. But, I mean, look at those weapons. It's kind of like when I think about the Bengals. It's just like, who are they going to double cover the most and who's going to be that guy that gets right. all those other receptions? I I don't know. We'll get we'll get to that in a minute, maybe. But uh, <laughs> who do you guys got? Or, uh, Zach, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with McCaffrey. Been waiting. You know, he's he's been bumped and bruised since he came into the league. Um for the most part, but I mean, when he's healthy, when he's ready to go and you're talking about a solid offense, but I think he's a guy that Baker's going to lean on in Carolina. They're going to use him in a lot of different ways. They can put him in the slot. He plays your traditional running back. If he can stay healthy for a full year, I mean, that's, that's my pick. I think he could plus seven fifty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, it, just ahead of 
Baker at plus 800. Greg, are, are you taking your old quarterback from Cleveland here? Oh, gosh. As much as I would love to. I mean, it's not a bad edge. No, it's, it's not, not a, a bad. It's, it's not, not a terrible one. But the one. fact that Baker's even on the list, like, does that really count? Yeah, like, I always think sometimes I throw guys on the list. I'm like, really? So uh, I'm going to take a guy who's been, I, I would say, regularly injured the last couple of years. Uh, isn't kind of a big make it or break it kind of year. Uh, new offensive system. Uh, very favorable schedule with this team playing in a weak division and then also playing the NFC North and the AFC South. Uh, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Saquon, I mean, you know, Brian Dable has, has, you know, I mean, he did great in Buffalo. I know the Giants are the Giants. You worry a little bit about Daniel Jones, I mean, but he's a guy that has that big playability that'll get you on the radar of like, hey, comeback player of the year, and then also plays some... I mean, like I said, yeah. they play a pretty weak schedule, at least I just, what you would think going in. And I think the thing I'm about to say something that could fall from a calf rim is someone out there. Saquon falls to just remember him in college. Three years, such a workhorse in college. You run with running backs, so the treads start falling off. Yeah. And I mean, that's fair for McCaffrey. Too. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you wonder I mean, for, well, for, I mean, a lot of those, even, even Derrick Henry, you yeah, wonder, you know, it's he's, just, but I think with Saquon, he's such a physical runner. So so physical. That's not a bad pick, but you just wonder that, especially like you said, Daniel Jones. That's what you're relying on to kind of give you some yeah, breather yeah, room that's, there. That's that's fair. I mean, you know, what are you doing if you're a defensive coordinator? I'm pinning the ears back, and I'm gonna, you know what I mean? Like right. he's not. He didn't scare me. Yeah, he's got no lanes. All right, guys. Uh, from the players to the teams. Uh, looking at some of the the favorites, uh, you know, AFC, NFC, uh, Super Bowl. Uh, right now, the favorites to win the AFC, uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, most showing, you know, plus 300, plus 350. Uh, Caesar shows them at plus 300. Uh, second, the Kansas City Chiefs, who are at uh, plus 600. The Chargers, who is, I feel like have kind of been the trendy pick, mm, uh, yeah. plus 800. Uh, plus 900 for both the uh, Ravens and the Broncos. Broncos country, let's ride. Russell Wilson there. Uh, the AFC champions from last year with the, what, six best odds, plus 1,100 uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, you have to go down a little bit. Let's see. Plus, this is plus 1,800 on Caesars, uh, plus 2,000 some places. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, uncertainty in places. You don't say. Uh, Not so actually, sure. Actually, right now, as far as consensus odds, the, what, fifth worst odds, them and the Patriots, both at, like, just over plus 2,000. Steelers, plus 4,000. Jags, plus 6,000. Jets, plus 7,000. Texans, plus 12,500. Uh Zach, who do you like coming out of the AFC in a, in a kind of an interesting AFC where there are a lot of pretty strong teams mm-hmm. Two, I would say really tough to fit divisions Two kind of easier divisions. Yeah. Where, where do you kind of land in all this? I'm coming out in Indy. I like Indy for a few reasons. I mean, you brought up Jonathan Taylor. I think they got a solid offense. I like the Matt Ryan trade there. Um, he's a vet. He's been to the Super Bowl. He knows how to work it. The Wentz didn't work out, obviously, but I think for all the opposite reasons. They have a few weapons at receiver, and I, lo- I like their defense, and I think they're in one of the easier divisions as well, to yeah. some extent. I mean, I mean it's play basically- the Texans yeah. twice a year. 
Um, the Jaguars who will be better, but twice a year. The, twice the a year. Titans who people expect to be worse. I mean, yeah. they seem to be a team that you can almost, you know, a lot of people are, are penciling them in just because of the division. Lucas Well can once, be tough. Once you're in. You get in there, you get loud. They can oh, yeah. get a home field advantage. Yeah, I, I like, I like, that's my pick. I like the, the odds and where I think how realistic that I'm is. I'm very curious to see their offense. Their yeah. offense could could be one of those like breakout offenses in mm-hmm. the NFL this year. For sure. Uh, for me, um, I, I mean, first off, I, I'll take the, the square pick. I mean, I just think the Bills are a whole lot better than the rest of that yeah. league. I think the AFC North and the AFC West are just such tough divisions where you wonder, you know, maybe you lose a game and you end up having to go on the road in the wild card. And it's nothing against, I mean, obviously Chiefs, Chargers, I mean, Raven, you know, Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos are three of the top five odds. Ravens and Bengals are right there. Um, you know, I just think as far as the team that I know is going to be there, like you yep. said with the Colts, I think the Bills are the obvious one. Uh, if I'm, I mean, if I'm going to go down and just peruse it some, some high odds kind of thing, I know Caesars has them at plus eighteen hundred. I've always liked the Dolphins' defense. Yeah, I think they've, you know, Xavier Howard and some of those guys, really good defense. Uh, Tua is definitely one of those guys where you you, you got to see it. But I think the offense is good. I really like Mike McDaniel. You know, his offensive system, obviously having Tyreek Hill and some of those offensive weapons. As far as kind of a long shot at plus 2,000, you kind of buy a lottery ticket. That That's where I would go. Josh, yeah. what about you? You know... We know the Bengals. All right, what are we yeah, doing it's the now? Bengals. You know, man, I, I think, well, and to, piggy, to, piggy, to piggyback off of what is... Homer. What Greg's saying here <laughs> is that, you know, I think it's pretty it's pretty hard to see the Bills not being in the AFC championship game. Right. And then if we're, if we're being honest and not biased here, I think you look at the AFC West and the AFC North and you're easily getting either two teams from the AFC West that have to play each other in the first round or the divisional or two teams from the AFC North that have to do that. And that's not that's not going to work. Those two divisions are too hard for you to go in and face a team three times and it go well for you. And I mean, you look at the AFC North last year. I mean, really, I mean, you know, once again, the Browns are in a weird spot, but you look at teams that have gotten worse. I mean, aside of the Steelers, none of the other teams really got worse. And it was, you know, all the teams were what, eight and nine or better. Yeah. Well, and I think eight, even throwing the Steelers in there for a potential last place team. That's a physical defense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're Their well coached. Be great still. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if the offense is only Mitch Trubisky it up but, for 17 points a game, I mean, that's still you're you're going into Pittsburgh and that's yeah. not a fun day for anybody. Having said all that, though, you know, I think the Chargers are going to get eaten up out there um, at mm-hmm. that point in the postseason with the way that shakes out. And I think the Bengals, it's hard to not look at them and say they haven't improved on their weaknesses mm-hmm. from last year. And when you get down to the betting side of it, if you can get me to that game and bet it on that game, I'm going to bet the Bengals. Just, you gotta, are you plus worried not getting about beating up, though? Plus 1100, I just think any of the AFC North teams that come out are just going to be beaten yeah, up. I think yeah. as far as value, I think they are. Under, I think the one thing that I will say is having to listen to a lot of Cincinnati people, I think there may be a little overvalued in Cincinnati based on what, I mean, like if, if there was a book in Cincinnati now, I think you would get really <laughs> pitiful odds on the Bengals, which yeah. is the same in you know pretty much any market, but um, you know, the Bengals definitely, I mean, they have some nicer odds. It's not like yeah. they're plus 400 or something. Right. Uh, on the NFC side, guys, we've got, uh, we're looking at, you know, plus 350 
for uh, the Buccaneers, plus 450 for the Packers, plus 500 for the Rams, 750 for the Niners, Cowboys and Eagles at plus 1,000. Uh, you're in that plus 1,700, plus 1,800 range for uh, Vikings, Saints, and Cardinals. Some of the Cowboys and Eagles takes are pretty funny. Um, they make me chuckle. They make me chuckle. Yeah, I don't like. I don't. As yeah. far as these go, I'm sure about that. Like the really the only three that I would kind of feel coming out of here are the top three. So if I'm gonna pick once again someone, I guess more interesting and fun. I guess the Vikings have all of the like the piece, like all of like the fun offensive pieces. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, they're 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 I think trio that's the only of safe offenses. fun pick. Yeah, I think if NFC. you, I got one. All right, I was gonna say I think. You know, really? they have something. The I, I also, other one I also like, no, I would say, I would say also the Eagles because I do like Jalen Hurts. Eagle? I, in that division. The Saints? Yeah. You can score. Okay, they yeah, have the a Saints. great, they the have Saints, a very yeah, good right, secondary, right, right, which right. is what you need in this league. Yep. I mean, the Saints would be my low pick if I'm going for odds, obviously. Yeah, I'd probably take the Rams if I'm going for like the, the top three teams. Yeah. And then the, yeah, the Vikings for my fun team because you do see... I mean, these books have them all over the board from plus, you know, 1,200 to plus 2,200, which shows that, you know, with the new offensive system, nobody really knows what to expect out of them. Um, you know, I think at times at, you know, the, the end of the, the last regime, there were kind of some stale points on offense. And I think yeah. kind of some you know, re-energizing the system. Obviously, Cook's great. Jefferson's great. Kirk Cousins is indeed Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so he's all right. I mean, I'm going with the Packers, though. And that's not, I know. But so, no, so oh I buy it. I'm so, buying. So am I. I'm buying that defense. That's why I'm buying the defense. They got Rick. You realize this is to win the NFC Championship, yeah. not just get yeah. there and then lose. And exactly. They'll play the, they'll get there and I'm, they'll face the Saints. I'm buying that. That, that defense again. is, I think that defense will be the number one, could be the number one defense in the league. And then that offense will take some time. It'll probably be a similar situation with the way we saw Ohio State. Not Ohio State's going to fix it instantly, but I mean. Yeah. I well, could, and they have the. It's going to uh, take some time, but if you get Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs even meet half of their expectations with, they already have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They have the best. Argue with the Browns, probably arguably the best running back duo in the league. That offense is going to be fine. They have the eleventh easiest schedule too. That so they too. Have, they have plenty of time to figure it out, and I think that defense. And with the the hiring with the special teams, I think it didn't look great still in the regular or the preseason, but it's going to be. It can't be any worse. When they lost to San Francisco, though, like they lost to San Francisco in the divisional round last year, but offensive points. They only gave up six points to, exactly. the, to San Francisco's offense. So and they're better. They're they were, better. Yeah. They've added depth yep. there. That's better. Yeah. I'm, I'm buying it. I think it's not, it's not my own claim. It's be like the Ravens back in the early 2000s, but it's, I think it could be close. Some other uh, quick fun ones before we get to the Super Bowl here. Yeah, sure. What else, what else do we uh, have? I, I saw an interesting one was uh, most uh, rushing touchdowns. Uh, let me pull it up here. You had, Jonathan Taylor is the favorite, plus 500. Derrick Henry, who led last year with plus 600. But then, at plus 1,000, this is on MGM. I don't know uh, what it's saying on Caesars for you, Greg. You got Nick Chubb at plus 1,000. Joe Mixon at plus 1,100. I thought that was a little interesting. So what was that, to lead the league in rushing, you said? Um, or most rushing touchdowns. Most rushing touchdowns. Most rushing touchdowns in the regular season. Um, yeah, I would say... Probably not Chubb, just as far as, once again, the way 
Stefanski runs that offense. You have different guys in different kind of formations. And there have been several times where, you know, Hunt will get like a um, like a receiving touchdown on like a first and goal from the eight and whatnot. So I actually like not as a homer here, like I actually really liked Mixon here because you look at Jonathan Taylor. I really think his volume is going to decrease uh, at least a little bit uh, to where he might not score with the, I think, 18 rushing touchdowns he had last year. Derrick Henry coming off an injury. You don't know how Tennessee is going to, if they're going to be that formidable line that they have been. And then, yeah, questions with the Browns. I don't know. I mean, I think honestly, Dalvin Cook, or depending on how Christian McCaffrey comes out mm-hmm. are, are the bigger threats there. If you're looking dark horse, I thought plus 1100 for Mixon was really good. Other good one I saw out there, Ohio plus 1200 to be the winning state of the uh, Super Bowl champion. Uh, but guys, Super Bowl, what do we got here? Uh, the favorites that we see, um, Bills plus 600, Bucks plus 750, uh, Chiefs plus 1000, Packers and Rams plus 1100, Chargers plus 1,400. Uh, Bengals at plus 2,000. Browns at plus 4,000. Uh, Bengals. I think if I'm if I'm looking at a team, you want to get... I mean, you have to go off your or your championship bets. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you kind of do have to. <laughs> yeah. We don't I'll, have yeah. to. I'll get it I out mean... of the way. I mean, at plus 2,000, plus 2,200 <gasps> other places, I just think it's a... Uh, there's enough value there to where you look at the team and everyone says, you know, a lot went right last year and they got a lot of breaks. They've improved a lot and have a lot better depth than they did last year. So they don't need (coughs) as many breaks as they did last year. I think they will be in a lot less, you know, a defensive takeaway wins the game. Uh, Evan McPherson field goal wins the game, you know, but Going to the Super Bowl, man, takes a lot. You got to stay healthy and staying healthy, as healthy as the Bengals have stayed for two consecutive seasons in Cincinnati, of all places, is uh, is rare. But I'm still going to ride with them with that value. Uh, I'm going to go completely against my championship picks because that's how odds work. Uh, if you can give me 10 to 1 odds on Patrick Mahomes, I'll take it. The other one, uh, you, go down the, you go down the board a little bit. Maybe Sorry, Maybe they figure it out. Maybe they figure it out plus 4,000 late in the year, plus 5,000 in some places. You got to have hope if you want to be disappointed. Give me the Browns. That's there. right. That's right. There you go. There's no disappointment without hope. <laughs> All right. Those are. Well, what are you taking oh. over there? What do you think I'm taking? Okay. The best defense in the league. All right. Yeah, on paper, on paper, fellas. What, what were they there? Uh, They're uh, plus 1,100. Oh, yeah, plus 1,100 up in Green Bay. I say it was like great odds, but. All right. Well, we have our picks. Uh, for the Super Bowl, we'll get a little bit more into the teams in Ohio. Browns, Bengals, a whole lot to talk about with these seasons. Some good, some bad. Uh, some some just, overs, some unders. Yeah, some just plain ridiculous. But speaking of ridiculous, uh, we've got some more drinks to enjoy. This Malort's is just delicious. Is it? Is it? Oh, sorry. I'm doing. I'm doing a Midwestern like Kroger Kroger's thing. This Malort is delicious. Yeah, the, these Krogers. How are you liking that? Uh, the Cincy Cobra from Taft's over there. Uh, the Cincy Cobra is great, man. Uh, really delicious. They did a great job. Um, yeah, pick one up. You get one. Very good. 
Could I uh, maybe get a get a, get a chaser over there after? I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this last shot of Malort and you can get chaser. Oh, yeah, get over on some of that. Get back to the light side of the. I got I got one last uh, Malort review here, real for you. On the nose there is the, the most almost rancid. I can't even pronounce half these words. It's the most rancid. Anise herbish quality. Sorry, these are like sommelier, so they use a lot of language I don't understand. Quite pungent and aromatic. On the palate, a mix of cork, Bordeaux, sailors, aperitif on crack, dead dog, and the Gowanus Canal during summer. So... It tastes like river water. It's a dirty river water. It does remind I'm me a... to smell a little bit of Subway. Like, not Subway, uh, smell, like when the, you're waiting for the train. The way I, uh, <laughs> the way I always not thought the of it the subway, yeah. was a liquid potpourri. Um, my fiance's brother described it as drinking Axe body spray. Oh, that's a good that's one, a good too. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, a bathroom of a Subway restaurant, but... Uh, well, you know what the nice thing about that, Malort, is that taste just lingers and lingers, it does linger. too. It lingers. Speaking of something that lingers, uh, there's no less than, like, 300 ounces of uh, Colt 45 in this. It's The thing about the 40 ounce is it just sits there, and you're like, oh, I've made some progress, and nope, you still got half of the thing left right away. So, how was, oh, how was that taste of the Malort? Oh. Can we get your... Uh, Live reaction. Oh, man. It's so you so know what bad, this is man. based it's on? So bad. This is based I cannot on... believe people drink this in Chicago for fun. So Malort was originally distilled in Chicago. It's actually now distilled in Florida. And it's based on the Scandinavian recipe for Aquavit. Which people don't know what, what that is. That, is. A that's hand also Oh, you never Oh, that's like a well known that's like Malort in Scandinavia. It's like this weird blue drink that's like gross as shit. So yeah, they just like based it on that. The the one story that I had heard, I, I don't know if it's a wise story I mean, that's or not. based on eatery.com. Yeah, but uh, apparently during um, Prohibition, some mm. places didn't ban Malort because they didn't think any person with a sane mind would drink it. Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to do a reciting here uh, per the segment, Jepson's Malort has the aroma and full-bodied flavor of an unusual botanical. Its bitter taste is savored by two-fisted drinkers. And, there you uh, go. I don't know. Yeah, I we had some hams uh, in the chamber a few weeks ago. Uh, no old style with us, though. Uh, I kind of wish I did get that authentic experience. But we'll go to Chicago. We'll go out to Wrigley for a game. We'll get a year. Chicago handshake. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get the traditional uh, handshake down. Nothing on that. Nothing on the Colt forty five though. I'm just impressed that you found a a real a real forty. It's never ending. Guys, it is the moment we have been waiting for since early January in some cases, since early February in some cases. Fellas, the NFL is back. Week one, just days away. Just six days away for the Browns and the Bengals as they look to, in the Bengals' case, get back to that Super Bowl promised land, try to finish the deal this time uh, for the Browns. You know, right the ship after a tough 
and tumultuous uh, 2021 season and 2021 off season. So, you know, taking a look at these teams going into week one, uh, I guess, you know, starting with the Cincinnati Bengals, they come into the season, you know, with their, their big hitters still there, you know, very few uh, changes from their big names, still Burrow, still, you know, Joe Mixon, still got all their, their heavy wide receivers. Uh, Tight end is now Hayden Hurst. Uh, really, the one big question coming into the year was, uh, you know, Jesse Bates. Was he going to sign the the franchise tag and come back? He did sign the franchise tag. Uh, I mean, really, aside of that, you got the you know the offensive additions on the offensive line, such as Lyle Collins, uh, some of the draft picks uh, like Dax Hill, and then uh, there was a punter competition. Uh, Josh, going into this season, I mean. Not a whole lot of changes, but I guess some some improvements in some areas that definitely needed to be looked at, especially on that offensive line. Yeah, for sure on the offensive line, uh, the one at uh, Kappa is the one that and Kappa and Karras are the ones that I'm really looking forward to. Lyle Collins has had a shaky training camp. Uh, definitely came on at the end there. Of course, there was the incident that I don't think we've talked about as a podcast in uh, the Rams and Bengals joint practice before their preseason game where Lyle Collins, Aaron Donald, and uh, everybody out there kind of got into it. And we saw a little, the, uh, little kerfuffle, the, little the dual, kerfuffle. dual Bengals helmet. Uh, we, we talked about the dual fisters with the Malort, Aaron Donald, dual fist in the Bengals helmets out there swinging. Uh, but yeah, improved the offensive line. Also, the addition, Greg, you mentioned Hayden Hurst. I think Hayden Hurst is kind of the underlooked addition to the team and where you're going to have improved uh, pass blocking Mm -hmm. uh, just on the tight end position there. You're going to be able to run the play action a little bit better just through Hayden Hurst, I think. And then with the additions on the offensive line as a whole, Joe Mixon, folks. Joe Mixon, I think, is going to have a career season here because you look at those additions, you look at the... You look at the productivity of Joe Mixon, I guess, the past few seasons on the offensive lines he's had to run behind. And it's really not, aside from a couple, you know, maybe three three seasons ago, that was a rough year, I thought. Two seasons ago was inconsistent. And there have been some injuries along the way. Yeah. But now, on a healthy, improved offensive line, what can Joe Mixon do? And I think this is the career season for Mixon right here. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I still think... Uh... You know, I still think there are some questions at the tackle spot. I still think Jonah Williams has not quite lived up to some of the expectations. Sure. Uh, you know, obviously missed a lot of time his rookie year. Uh, Lyle Collins is a guy who, when he's played regularly and played at his best, has been, you know, near a Pro Bowl level. But I believe it's, you know, the last two seasons he's only played a handful of games combined just due to some various injuries. So you also wonder about, you know, durability, especially for those bigger guys. They have some of those injuries that that nag. Uh, You know, getting Karras and Kappa is really good for the interior. And I think you're right. That'll help as far as the run, you know, between the tackles inside running game. Uh, You know, you still wonder, obviously, with all the weapons, you want to have time for Joe Burrow. So the tackles still kind of worry me. Yeah, and that's where I think you worry about the left side is if if you can still pr- protect that that blind side of Burrow, 
I think yeah. is what you worry about because you have Jonah Williams and you pointed that out perfectly, Greg, uh, and behind him, you have Dante Smith and Bengals fans are familiar with how, with that. <laughs> um, but then I think the bigger concern, man, is, you know, I, I want to see Jackson Carmen in there. I want to see him as the one in there, but man, he just can never like, no, it's just net, you know, how long is it going to take before we, you know, replace him at this point now? Because Cordell Volson won the job over him in camp pretty, pretty steadily. It seems like, yeah, it even seemed like some of the guys like, you know, they picked him over what undrafted or six round pick Mike Jordan the year before. Exactly. And it seemed yeah. like kind of because he was a rookie, he got that chance on the defensive end. I mean, where's your thoughts? Obviously returning, you know, Trey Hendrickson, who was kind of the heartbeat of that defense, uh, getting Jesse Bates back who, you know, did have a better uh, postseason. Not, uh, I mean, Dax Hill was the big, um, you know, addition there. Um, you know, cornerbacks were better up and down at times. Obviously, Eli Apple got roasted at, at times on the internet yeah, this year. Yeah, sure. But some some good linebackers, you know, obviously a stout front line with, uh, you know, DJ Reader and, and Trey Hendrickson. Are you expecting to see this defense take another step back? Are you, you know, some of these guys obviously getting a little older, so you wonder when it turns into, yeah. you know, steps forward versus steps back. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I have I have this as my weakness, actually, because I think there are a little too many question marks on defense. But, but I mean, let's just, let's just look at these two stats right here. 36% pass rush win rate last season. That's the eighth worst in the NFL. Fifth best defense against the run last season. When you look at yards per game, only allowed 102.5 yards per game on the on the run game last year. Uh, and so you look at that and you're like, okay, interior at the line, we stopped the run. Fifth best in the NFL. Pass rush, we can't get anything done. So that's what kind of, you kind of question that with Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson off the edge and everything. And so I'm hoping this year that you can – bring you can add a little bit more elements into the defense that you couldn't last year uh joseph asai the texas longhorns product Bengals were real high on him last year yeah he had, had that great big preseason. preseason yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then, and then unfortunately, what broke his hand or something broke his wrist uh, yeah i cannot it, he broke something some, some and then he had another yeah. injury like right after he came yeah, back basically right? was out for the season though never really had a shot um but, you know, he'll be back in there this year. Um, they've had a little bit of other added depth as well. Um, just, you know, your secondary guys that have been a step up. Uh, but uh, Cam Sample being one of those guys. I just there's things like that and there's things on the offense like, you know, they were 22nd in rush yards per game on offense. If you can just improve to middle of the road on your pass rush wins. Mm -hmm. And you can improve to middle of the road on your rush, your rushing game per, you know, per game and keep those things consistently per right. game. Then you're looking at a top five offense and a top five defense. But I, you have, but you know, those question marks are while they've made those improvements through free agency and everything, I still think those question marks linger in those spots where mm -hmm. you guys always, you know, point out. I mean, I, I, I was going to say, uh, Zach, flipping it over to you, yep. you know, a lot of, I would say, the the overwhelming and you can stop me if you've heard differently but kind of the overwhelming voice that you've heard from you know Cincinnati media and Cincinnati mm -hmm. fans is 
we were a Super Bowl team last year. Right. We plugged all of where we plugged most of the holes. We should be, you know, a high level contender again this year. And we feel disrespected that we're not. Do you feel that way? I mean, you know, obviously, Um, Josh, I think you put it well that like if they perform their best, but there's also a lot of questions. I just think this is a team that's great for they lack depth. And I think that's where, especially adding the extra game, 17 game schedule, and where I would be most concerned as a Bengals fan, why I don't buy it. You talk about the Jackson Carmen losing out on the guard spot, and a lot of things I heard in camp is he's pretty much checked out from things I heard from local media. That he didn't seem to want to try or give it. He's like, well, I'm I'm not playing. Like that. So he's pretty much gone, it sounds like, mentally. But you don't have any depth behind that starting set up front. And how rare is in the NFL that you get through an entire season with the same five starting offensive linemen? I mean, that's like wildly unlikely. Yeah, I I was going to say, I would guess if you probably put an average for games missed, Mm -hmm. you know, it would probably be 20, but a lot of it would be, you know, a couple guys lose someone early for the year. But I would say if you had to do like a median, it would probably be 10 to 12 games. You're probably going to have multiple times where you're going to have potentially two guys filling in or trying to fill in the spots that they're not naturally a position to play. And yeah, in the defense line too, I thought that was something that wasn't really greatly addressed, especially from a pass rush perspective. And I thought Eli Apple... High state guy, I love Eli, but I, I mean, I thought there were some some situations in the secondary that guys got picked on a little bit by the Rams. That probably shows some teams some things. And Jesse Bates, great example. He really did not have a great regular season. No, he they came wasn't on until, in the playoffs, yeah, yeah, but he on, really yeah. did not. And I, that's why I don't blame the Bengals for not giving him the money that he wanted this off season. Yeah. Um, sure, yeah. I just think there's a lot of question. I don't blame Bengals fans for being about it but i would say teams get hot at certain times and teams make a run and i think the Bengals did that and they took advantage of the opportunities but i didn't really see any of those games where i was wildly impressed yeah i'll say i'm more confident in their defense to improve just because of mm-hmm. the things i've heard about cam sample when they added a lot of guys that, that depth behind hubbard yeah uh jermaine pratt will be great again akeem davis gaither uh you got you still have mike hilton um, out there, uh, and then Dax Hill, man. Yeah, you know, people forget that he's a fast kid. Too. He is, people, yeah. people forget that when we lost, um, ah, oh, holy sh, oh man, I'm totally blank- blanking on dude's name right now. Uh, uh, the last safety that they lost, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and uh, when Jesse Bates came in, they mm-hmm. were like, we just gave up this guy, and now we, you know this Jesse Bates kid is coming in, and Jesse Bates lit it up and been great for us. That's exactly what Dax Hill is now. He got a great preseason. You know, he's going to be great. They have the depth there to get by. I think. Yeah. In the in your worst case scenario, they have the depth. I'm not as worried about the by. defense. The I offensive think... line is the and depth think, where you worry about. I even think the depth at the other positions. On the offense. Obviously, no one has depth at quarterback. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not talking about Burrow, but I just think there's some depth missing elsewhere. I will say uh, I was a little shocked to see past the top three, at least as far as wide receivers go. There's not a ton of depth there. That's what I mean. You lose, but, yeah. you know, I, I will say, you know, they cut, uh, they cut my boy today, man. Thaddeus Moss yeah, is gone. Yeah, Thaddeus is gone. I I don't know. It's an interesting yeah. team. I think on paper, the starters look 
look good. Look, and what I said, look, what I said in the earlier when we were talking mm-hmm. about the bets and everything, and we'll get to over-unders and some more bets here in a little bit, but it it's very, very, very hard and very rare, especially in today's modern NFL, to stay as healthy as the Bengals stayed last yeah. year for two consecutive years. I just, that's the yeah, question. And I mean, the other thing is, you know, we always look at the end of the year, like there were some teams that, you know, the Bengals last year, that overachieve and teams that underachieve and teams that, you know, like the Bengals that were a better team than people thought, but also stayed healthy. There were some teams, you know, like heck the Ravens that got very, very injured oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And yes, were they, they finished eight and nine, but were they really an eight and nine team? Yeah. You know, at the, the, the second game against the Bengals, I, I think, you know, Zach and I were playing safety out there for, yeah. Him, yeah. you know, so uh, certainly some, some, Questions there, but we have also a quarterback though. Yeah, but also so, yeah, you have, have a, a legit, you have you have a legit quarterback and a couple playmakers so. on on the offensive and defensive side. I mean, you have a guy, yeah. and, you know, some of those guys can make defensive plays. Uh, you know, especially in that linebacking core, Logan Wilson, Trey Hendrickson can make plays. Obviously, Burrow, uh, Chase Higgins, mm-hmm. you know, can all make plays. Well, let's uh let's switch it up north, Greg. Uh, you know, dun, dun, dun. obviously we did our episode a few weeks ago on the elephant in the room. So if you want to hear us talk uh-huh. about that, uh, skip back a couple episodes. But let's let's get let's get to the roster and the the actual team here. Let's talk football. What are what are what are your strengths for this Browns team under Jacoby Brissett going into Week One? Um. So obviously, I mean, as it has been, and even through the draft, picking up Jerome Ford, I mean, they have four guys that I would feel confident running the ball with, which is ridiculous. And I mean, they have Demetric Felton, who's listed as a running back, who they kind of use as more of a scat back. But Chubb, Hunt, Darius Johnson, or Jerome Ford had a fantastic Jerome season. Jerome Ford, the Bearcat. He was catching passes and everything that no one thought. So, I mean, they're going to be a great group. Um, the offensive line, obviously the middle of the offensive line, losing Nick Harris, uh, you know, after uh, losing Treader, uh, Nick Harris, their starting center, torn ACL in like the f- second play of preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got Ethan uh, Piosic, who did, st- who does have 40 starts for the Seahawks. You know, not the best replacement, but also a, a pretty decent one. And playing, you know, behind potentially the best guard tandem in the league in Joe Latonio and Wyatt Teller. Um, so middle of the offensive line, running backs, great. Uh, tackles, you have Wills, you have Conklin hopefully being back for week one. You do have some questions with the durability. Wills has had injuries his first two years. Conklin had a separated shoulder, then came back towards patellar tendon. So he's coming back. Hubbard pretty much, who's their third tackle more or less, pretty much missed the entire last year. After I think tearing his bicep, you got James Hudson, who's a, a who's a young kid, but you know plays well. Um, the tight end group, I was really worried about that they really only had two. They cut everyone. They just signed Jesse James, who is not a guy that's going to light it up. But as far as a third tight end, when they run a whole lot of two no, tight end stuff, you'd love to see. Um, the wide receiver room is. Uh, is something. Uh, we'll say that. Uh, one of the big losses, losing Jakeem Grant uh, to the torn Achilles. Um, you know, you have Amari Cooper, who's a stud. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones has been... He's better than anyone on the Packers. You can get out of here. Get the hell out of here. Uh, 
Donovan Peoples-Jones has been shown to make some big plays. And then you have a bunch of, you know, young guys that you're kind of wondering. Anthony Schwartz uh, Solid. was dropping the ball as much as he was getting crushed on, uh, you know, on Twitter and everything because he was dropping so many passes. Uh, David Bell, <coughs> who's the uh, who was the mid-round pick out of Purdue, has great hands. He's not exactly a quick guy, but he's kind of one of those fine the like holes kind of guy. Yep. He, I thought... The one game that he really played because he had some injury issues. Don't often issues. hear that around these parts, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, it was was great. But uh, <laughs> the wide receiver room, as far as an offensive end, is going to be a huge question, especially when you have, uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett starting for uh, yeah for a large chunk of the season, <laughs> and you're not going to have all. So the passing game might be uh, a little bit interesting, as it normally is with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And and then you've got the whole Kareem Hunt situation and that that could get I'm assuming in the middle of the season that could maybe get a look at whether he gets traded or not. They got to Ernest though. And they got to Ernest and they got Jerome Ford. Like I I think if they actually come up with a real offensive plan, then they could actually, you know, probably hit their expectations. I mean, yeah. they, I'm not they, saying exceed expectations by any means, but they don't have a murderer's row schedule to start out either. I mean, no, they, well, they, they got they either. got they got some tough games. Oh, well, well, I'm not yeah. trying to throw that in. But I mean, we'll get to that. Carolina is interesting. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. When uh when the original suspension, the 6 games came out, you you, you kind of thought the Browns lucked out based on their early schedule. Um on the defensive side, uh obviously you know, you have a huge defensive playmaker in Miles Garrett. Yep. Uh, Clowney was really good at times last year. Uh, he's so one of those guys me. that's, yeah, uh, kind of uh, up and down. Their wide receiver core, or uh, sorry, their linebacker core <coughs> is getting better and better. I mean, Sione Takitaki's been better. Uh, JOK has been fantastic. Getting Jacob Phillips back is great. And then the back end is probably as far as complete unit, the strength of their defense, you know, they've got three solid corners in uh, Ward, Newsom, and Greedy Williams. Uh, MJ Emerson was great during the preseason. Delpit and Josh Johnson at, at safety are great. Really, I would say the big questions, uh, you know, like it has been the last couple of years, is just <coughs> really no solid presence at defensive tackle. Um, you know, Elliot and Brian are... Meh, and uh, I'm shocked that Togi I hasn't taken that. Togi I was a yeah. guy coming out of Ohio State who had a lot of ups. I thought he could have used another year at Ohio State. I was well, yeah. What left. this is his second year, so maybe you're hoping for a step forward, but like yeah. he really hasn't jumped off the tape a whole lot. And once again, as far as really anywhere aside of the uh, aside of the secondary, you don't have a whole lot. Of, I mean, the secondary is is loaded, you know, too deep pretty much everywhere, but you know, anywhere else on the defense, maybe aside of middle linebacker, you're you're really kind of asking questions, you know. Uh Winovich was a guy that was a little disappointing. Like I said, you basically got four guys you're trying to figure out defensive tackle. So the defense should be solid, should probably be the strength of their team, especially early in the year. Uh, you know, a lot of uh a lot of big time offense, uh running the ball and playing good defense. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I, if they actually choose to do that, I have questions, you know, I question, you know, just based off last year and how erratic they were in, you know, just 
coming up with schemes for games and play, play, play calling for like each when you and played every the week. Packers yeah. in December and decided to abandon the run for no for no odd uh, reason. Uh, Baker was slinging it uh, to yeah, the other team. Yeah, but he was yeah. I was gonna it. say, yeah. Um, I, that receiver room just really makes me sad. I, I don't know if you're a Browns fan. I mean, Amari Cooper, that's a high upside, but he's also what is he? he's like almost 29 now. That's what that's. I feel like the only hope. And is that he, if he had can a couple rough years going, in Dallas. And that's not saying a lot. He's 28. 28. So Dallas is Dallas. I'm not trying to. I always take a grain of salt with what comes out of there. But, uh, you know, outside of him, uh, you know, Peoples Jones, he's got that raw talent. I don't know. But yeah, I think he hasn't really ever seemed to develop into that kind of every down reliability. David yeah, Bell he's had, is an interesting guy. But after that, like you said, there, there's nothing there. You've had those uh, people's Jones has kind of had those spots where he's been great. Like, you know, he'll have a game where he'll have like 130 and you can make yards. Those circus but, catches. But then, yeah, just the, yeah. But I think going into the season, you had Cooper, uh, you know, you expected People's Jones to probably take even more of a step. You expected Schwartz to take a step, which he really hasn't. And then you expected Jakeem Grant to kind of be like a fourth wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And you've seen two and three. People's Jones hasn't played a bunch, but you've seen, at least in the preseason, Schwartz not really take a step forward. Bell has been hurt most of the season, and then Grant is out for the rest I mean, of the year. As much as so. they have an excellent, like, I agree, running back-wise, loaded on the depth chart. Yeah. <sighs> I know I don't know. They're gonna be all thrown up, and then you're throwing in the fact that you got Jacoby. It's not Deshaun Watson; it's Jacoby Brissett throwing the football. So that even adds an extra layer. If you need these guys to step up, um, he's not a guy who's gonna make others better. Well, and I'm curious to see how the Browns, because I, you know, you're gonna you're gonna rely so much on the run game, and you're gonna rely yeah. so much on the defense. I'm curious to see how they stack up against say a Pittsburgh Steelers and That'll I don't be know an if interesting guys, game I don't yeah. know if you guys are ready to uh yeah, yeah, let's get, jump get, into yeah, the schedule, schedule man schedule, yeah uh so you look at the Browns uh, and I'm jumping ahead here just to get to my point but week three you've got uh on prime on, video by the a- way a- Amazon prime video Thursday 8, 8:15, night Thursday night uh Cleveland hosts the Pittsburgh Steelers and that's going to be a team that I think you know heavily relies on the run. Maybe mm-hmm. not as much as Cleveland does because they do have Claypool, they got Pickens and all. But you know, well, you're going to wonder with Trubisky the, yeah, the or right now they have you the quality is not going to be there. The defense, I mean, like we stated earlier, they've spent more on defense than anybody in the NFL in Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, T.J. Watt, all that. You know, it's going to be a defensive game. Is it really? I mean, I get the feeling that those kind of games for Cleveland against those kind of teams are going to be those kind of 80s Big Ten <laughs> dogfights. Yeah, and I think in the trenches. Oh, yeah. I think you saw it actually a decent amount last year. There were a number of games. I think what the one game they lost against, uh, or one of the games they lost against Pittsburgh was like a 15 to 10 game. And it was like uh, Jarvis Landry fumbled at like the. 20 yard line and then the Steelers came back and Friermuth scored a touchdown but there was like a safety in that game and whatnot but I mean I, I think looking at the early schedule and once again like I, I mentioned you know originally it was the suspension was for Deshaun was going to end uh you know week seven at Baltimore and you look at the first you know six games and you look even with a backup quarterback five of those are very well I mean Carolina yeah. is pretty much an even spread 
the Jets, especially with Joe Flacco. Tickets as low as $37. Boy, howdy almighty. Yeah, Yeah, right. Uh, Pittsburgh, as we mentioned, uh, you know, kind of a team that's, you know, uh, retooling, especially on the offensive side. Uh, Atlanta is certainly in rebuild mode. And then you have Los Angeles, who's obviously a good team. But then New England, their offenses looked uh, interesting with uh, their dual offensive coordinator, not offensive coordinator, and Matt That's Patricia the and Joe I wish we could talk about that. It is a wild situation there. But then, I mean, for the the last, what is it, five games of the suspension, you kind of have a, mer- you know, you have an at, at Baltimore, and you expect Baltimore to be better this year. Oh, Obviously, yeah. Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl last year. Miami is going to be improved. Buffalo is that, really that's good. That's a gauntlet. And then Tampa Bay is the return game at Houston. That's a yeah. gauntlet. So, and you look at those five games. The other thing is, those are five. You know, you can maybe say Tampa Bay relies kind of on everything, but at least those four games. Those are kind of all offensive teams. You know, those are big play offensive teams. Baltimore has Lamar Jackson. Obviously, we'll get to Cincinnati, but they have, you know, Jamar and, you know, T. Higgins and, and Burrow and all those guys. Miami's got, you know, Tyreek Hill now. Buffalo, obviously, has Josh Allen. So it's one of those things that even if you get off to a fast start, it's one of those where you could uh, screech to a halt pretty quickly, uh, you know, between uh, late October and... Uh, you know, beginning of December. Yeah, it was one of one of the things I wanted to harp on for both of our teams is that our bye weeks come at such crucial, crucial, crucial moments. Oh, oh yeah. Because for, yeah, like you said, for the Browns, man, they're going to need a break on that defense. I, I, I think that I'm confident that defense can handle it. I think they have the talent and everything there. But yeah, doing at Baltimore, then Bengals on how we'll, we'll get to that match at the Bengals on Halloween night, Monday night football. Then you get the buy because then you have Miami, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and you just have all that offense. Those are such high offense teams and everything. Having that buy in the middle of it, I think, is crucial. Yeah, and then I mean, looking, you know, once Watson comes back, once again, he'll be out of, you know, not played a regular season game in like seven hundred days at that point. You have four of your final six games on the road. You do have at Houston, which should be an easy game, but it's also a return game, so it's kind of weird. At Cincinnati, Baltimore, New Orleans, Washington, and Pittsburgh. These six games, are, I, I feel like, are very tough to figure out because you wonder, I mean, you obviously wonder where the team is going to be at this point, wonder where their mind's going to be at, and then wonder if, like, you know, if they maybe, as I'm thinking, play well early, right. fall off when this, you know, when things get tough and there may be, you know, right around the edge of the playoffs when Watson comes back, he takes a little while to acclimate. And then it's one of those things where, you know, you need to win your last three games to make it into the playoffs. And it's kind of a, well, he's been inconsistent because he hasn't played in forever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, yeah, that's a tough schedule, bro. It's a, it's a weird schedule. It's a very weird schedule because once he comes back, it's a, it's a not too uh, too. Well, it's a pretty it's a situ- favorable the situation, schedule. The situation makes it weird. Well, well okay, taking. I mean, you the look situation at, out of it, but I just saying, like, I mean, I think you can go from week. You could. I mean, you could see the team. You can be go from week five and one six down. I mean, I think you can yeah. New England in that. I don't. You don't know what it was going to be, but yeah. if you think it's a typical Bill Belichick team, it's not a team you can screw yeah. around with. I mean, they're not going to be potent right. by any means, but. but 
I'm just saying you, probably can, punch you, in you the can look at this schedule and you can see a team that's, you know, five and one Ow. after <laughs> six weeks and then five and six by the time, you know, mm-hmm. Watson comes back. And then it's just kind of the most, I would say, even of their schedule is at the end where they have some good teams. And, you know, it's kind of, I would say, at least three and three as far as good teams and yeah. mad teams. But it's just, it's tough. It's easy. Then it's tougher. Then there's the whole curveball of you know trying to reintegrate a guy on your offense December fourth. So oh, yeah. it could be uh, my mental health could be very much uh, up yeah. and down this and, season. And I guess that's the thing is that their offense could dramatically change with right. him under the helm. Yep. Other than so yeah, Bengals uh, change. Yeah, I was gonna say changing gears to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Opening versus they they, they also versus. have a. Uh, they also have that, you know, right smack dab in the middle of the season bye week. They do get uh, Pittsburgh at home. They're kind of the opposite of the, uh, I guess, the Browns, at least at the beginning of the season. Browns end of their season have four of six on the road. Bengals at the beginning of the season have four of six on the road to start. You know, Pittsburgh at Dallas, at New York, then versus Miami, then at Baltimore, at New Orleans. So... You know, their final two games at home, uh, you know, four of their final six at home. Yeah, Beginning only... of the season, I would say, you know, the first couple games, Pittsburgh, Dallas, New York, you know, you'd probably like to see at least two and one at that point, maybe better. Uh, you know, definitely some tough games. And then you have that weird stretch. I would say that weird stretch right before things get a whole lot tougher after the bye week. Oh my God, man. And, uh, you know, you have so much Atlanta who could be starting Ritter at that point. Who knows? You have Cleveland who, once again, we mentioned is a wild card. And then you have, you have Baker Mayfield who's always played well against the Bengals. We have no idea what's going to go on. And then afterwards, I mean, the very, I mean, they have Pittsburgh who once again, it's at Pittsburgh though. And it's a Sunday night game. So that can make things tougher. Tennessee may be down, but they'll be pissed about last year. Kansas City will be pissed about last year. Cleveland will have Watson back. Then at Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, at New England in December, which is always a tough place to play, and then Buffalo and Baltimore. I mean, that's a tough last schedule, man, isn't it? Yeah, last eight weeks. Because, I mean, you could see a lot of teams. You know, if you just said, you know, Team X is playing that eight-game schedule – you know, a lot of teams would be, I don't know, two and six maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's the third toughest schedule as as going off of last year's records as we right. go into week one. It is the third toughest schedule in the NFL, and I think, like I said, with the Browns, it's so crucial having that bye week in the middle of November. So crucial because I think you look at you look at the beginning of the schedule there. You know, you're opening versus Pittsburgh, and then you go to Dallas. I think it'll be interesting how they handle that. Maybe they don't win both of them. Maybe they go one and one. But I think asking them to go seven and two, yeah. six and three for that first part before the bye week is fine. So the one thing that I would say would worry me is obviously, you know, a different team than last year have that experience, but they were a team last year, you know, that came into the playoffs with the momentum. They were a pretty rough team early in the year. You know, obviously yeah. had that Vikings game that could have gone either way. I mean, lost to the Bears in pretty tough fashion. You know, obviously had that Jets loss early. You know, midseason had that, you know, pretty bad Browns loss. And then 
were at the point where their backs were kind of against the wall and then started winning, you know, if they find themselves in a position like that this year, right? You can't, you can't not have a fast start. And you've seen that even in certain game, you know, even in the the Chiefs game and whatnot, and the the Titans game to a degree, where they had some slow starts and kind of had to overcome it. If you have a slow start to your season here. You're in rough shape. So, and I mean, same thing with the Browns. But so I had my I had my schedule break down, split into two sections, and I had three must-win games on their entire schedule. They're all before the bye. Week one versus Pittsburgh. Week three at New York. Putting a must-win on week one. I know, right? Jeez. And week seven versus Atlanta. Because those are games that on paper you should, you should win, win yeah, before yeah, yeah. the bye. So that gives you three wins before the bye. You know, there are games before the bye that I think about, like at Baltimore, prime time, at Cleveland, Halloween night, prime time, Monday night. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are three prime time games actually uh, at Dallas, uh, you know, on week two. You know, there are some games that, you know, they could. They could maybe have a tough time with there. Right. There are some tough matchups, maybe. But you know, I'm confident in a seven and two, six and three. But those three games are games that you should win and must win. Those games we talk about that you Brent mentioned the loss to the Jets last year. You can't have that this year. You have the depth and the experience now that you should be past that. Three key games were at Baltimore Week Five, at Cleveland Week Eight, and at. But, uh, or versus Buffalo week 17. Yeah. Um, but cause, cause yeah, I mean, honestly, a, like I'm, I'm hoping, you can, gauntlet, I'm hoping you can get 500 on that second half of the season. You can go four and four that, that second half of the season. Cause that's tough, man. That is a tough schedule at the end. So taking a look at the schedule as a whole for the Cincinnati Bengals, um, we're looking at it right now. DraftKings has the Bengals over under at uh, 10. They have even odds for 10, minus 120 for under 10. Uh, some other places have them uh, over 9.5 is minus 135, under is plus 115. So if you think they're going to win really nine games, probably try to find somewhere at 9.5. Right. If you think they're going to win 11 games, you know, try to find that that plus 100 at 10. Uh, Josh, we'll start with... We'll, uh, yeah, we'll start with you. Where where do you think your Bengals are going to finish? You know, seventeen games. If you put the over under at ten, or roughly your, what do you think their record will be? So my my fifteen and two or uh, no. fourteen and. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going that high. I'm not going that high. I think I think you can get to eleven to six at eleven and six comfortably. Um, you know, if you can do seven and two before the bye, four and four, uh, after the bye. Then I think you can get to an eleven and six. I don't see the Bengals getting the first round spy or anything like that or the first seed. I just don't see it. They have a tough they have the toughest schedule that the Bengals have had in years, man. Oh yeah. Like you gotta keep that in mind. And like I've said throughout the show, very rare for a team to stay as healthy of the as they've stayed uh for this long. Uh so I think there'll be some setbacks along the way. I think they can get to 11 and six comfortably, if not 10 and six. And because a lot of 10 places, and seven or excuse me, 10 and seven. And because a lot of places have it at 10, even right now, I'm willing to, mm -hmm. uh, to bet the push on that. 
Uh, I am going to go, and I, I think the line is is right about where it needs to be. I, I think that yep. nine and a half to ten is yep. pretty solid. Yeah, if you can get it at uh, over nine and a half, absolutely. I am going to go just slightly under. I'm going to say they're a nine and eight team, and I think the two things is one you mentioned a very tough end of the season, and if you don't have some injury luck playing that tough of a season at the end of the year especially grueling with some backups could be tough it's hard the other thing that i think I, the one thing that you didn't mention that i think is big is pressure and you know in past seasons the Bengals, you know haven't been under pressure to do good you know their wins in the playoffs you know they can say oh we weren't expected we're coming in loose it's one of those things you know if you lose to pittsburgh or you lose to new york or heck maybe even dallas if you don't start three and oh there's going to be some questions well is this part of the offense okay is that part of the offense okay is there pressure you know is someone you know on the offensive line or someone you know one of the cornerbacks or something or hey jamar chase only had you know 40 yards is something wrong with him people try to press a little bit and there are some questions i still think they'll be a good team like you said i still probably i i still think they'll be playing wild card weekend maybe on the road once again you know these are very inaccurate you know early in the season you know ball bounces one yep. way maybe they get to 10 right. but i think if i if you had to have me give a schedule right now it would be you know nine and eight which would just go under yeah i'm in that range eight nine nine and eight i just think injury or two on the offensive line you're done i don't know all right, all right. Yeah. Well, uh, what do we got for uh, final predictions on, uh, on the Brownies here? Uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, right now, you actually get some juice if you go over eight and a half. Uh, you'll get plus. You know, right now, um, DraftKings has them plus one thirty-five. Normally, you'll see plus one thirty to plus one forty, and then minus one fifty-five to minus one sixty-five on the under. Um. As we mentioned, the, the Browns will be playing a uh, you know a couple at least a couple different quarterbacks this year, um, and as we mentioned, a very up and down schedule. Uh, if I had to pick one beforehand, I'm I'm just going to be the the optimist of the group today. I'm going to go under. I'm going to say eight and nine. I think they're a. I don't know. I feel like they're a team that's going to kind of hold water at the beginning be decent, win a couple games, maybe, I, I think they'll start off actually decent, and then like I said, kind of, by the time Watson comes back, they're a 5-6, and 6-5 six, six and five team, he comes back, they're up and down the rest of the season, and they finish 8-9 and nine and out of the playoffs, they could be worse, they could be better, that's how football works, but I don't think there's going to be enough continuity to make them a playoff team this year. Well, you're you're quite the optimist, I think. Uh, I think first of all, the big show is going to show out week one, homeboy. Oh no, I think they win week one. Oh no, I know, you know that, but I mean, I don't. I think I honestly think they shuttle through, you know, a couple of them before even Watson's ready to come back. Um, I don't think Stefanski will be back next year. Shockingly, even with the, I, I, I think I, I don't buy it. You don't have a receiving core that I think. Maybe Amari Cooper will shock us. I don't know. I don't buy it. And then you're starting Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sitting in the 6'11", 7'10 range. 
Okay, yeah, a little bit more. I mean, a little bit more pessimistic, but also, you know, I mean, not terrible. But I think again, it could be worse. I think yeah. I, that's my like. I don't. High, yeah. I, I was gonna say. I, I don't think they'll be. The they'll worst. be a tough out. I was gonna say. I don't think they're yeah. gonna get rolled, but I just mean I just don't think they're gonna have enough firepower. To yeah, I, I think they'll be in games. games I think they even surprise someone. You know, along the way, yeah. even even maybe play spoiler at the end if if they're if they're if they're out of it by then. Right. Uh, I'm in the I'm in the seven and ten range. Uh, I just still saying those numbers, by the way. Huh? Oh, it's so still, weird. Still every getting year. used to oh, figuring yeah, no, out. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I just think that it's it's you're lucky to have that bye week where it is because I think if they had that bye week earlier in the season or if they had that at the end of November, then that that's that's that could potentially be a five to six game yeah. skid there. Yeah, I I think they're gonna have a. Uh, I think they're going to have a, I mean, like every Browns year, it's going to be frustrating where I think they'll win some games that you're like, wow, everything is clicked at this point. You know, hey, there's some, but there's also going to be some games where you're like, you know, they lose to someone that they shouldn't have. And you're like, why are, why do we have these wide receivers? Why are we starting this quarterback? They could could lose to Carolina and then win the next three games, I feel like, and, and get a high off that. But then after that, man, that's a hard middle of schedule. Yep. Guys, that is our Browns and Bengals preview. We do have one special Twitter-only segment. We got Who You Got. We're talking a little AFC North overall. Might talk a little bit about some of the games coming up this weekend, too. Maybe a little Panthers-Browns, Steelers-Bengals in Who You Got, which you can find exclusively on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at 30 Rack Sports. Alrighty, we want to thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. A little bit different of a show, a little bit of a gambling show, but we're going to be back with all the news, especially as football season gets going. You know, how are your Buckeyes doing? How are your Bearcats doing? How are your Bengals doing? How are your Browns doing? How are your Golden Flashes doing? We've got it all. You know, hey. Baseball's heating up. Talk, maybe talking some guards. Hopefully, gotta, some good news. Uh, we gotta maybe. talk some guards next. Week. Uh, you know, as hopefully they're playing hopefully, better. Hopefully, as uh, you know, as the weeks go on, we're also gonna have training camps for for the NBA opening up. So a whole lot to come here on Thirty Racket Sports. Also, no offense to Cincy Cobra, it looks like a great drink, but hopefully, some better drinks Delicious. combined for all of us. I know yeah, Josh we'll get- finished his Malort. I've got just a little sip left of my Colt 45. And you know what I want to save it for? I want to save it for our one of our favorite parts of the show where we get to shout out uh, some of the big names from Ohio or wherever. We're going to give our cheers. Uh, you know, of course, want to give a cheers to Tafts uh, and Cincy Cobra and, of course, all of the listeners of 30 Rack of Sports. Thank you so much. Cheers, Zach, who are you cheersing this week? Uh, cheersing a lot. Um, so Saturday was not just fun for the uh, mat, the big, you know, top five matchup. Um, cheersing um, Ohio Stadium itself turned one hundred this year. Uh, the house that Harley oh. built, Chick Harley, uh, who three time All American, um, number retired at Ohio State, was the guy who really brought Ohio State into prominence in the. Uh, Late uh, 1900s. Um, so 
excited for that. And yeah, it's 100 years. So yeah, cheers to the old girl. She's hung, she's hung in there. 100 years. 100 years, man. Yeah, that's a that's lot. Nothing that's crazy. Stop. Still looking good at this. Still looking yeah, still good. looks beautiful. Had a facelift in the early 2000s. But uh, I was going to yeah, say, as far as, uh, as far as a stadium that's like that big, you see some of them, they kind of have some warts. But, you know, as yeah. far as, uh, as a good-looking stadium that's that big at that age, oh, yeah. you know. Nothing, hey, we're not talking about size like it's an issue. But, you know. Uh, you know, shout out to Ohio Stadium with a opening up the hundred season with a big win, top yeah, five win. Exactly. Uh, Zach, you know what? You've inspired me. Oh, I'm gonna stay in Columbus for my shout out. The crew. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna shout out uh, striker. We mentioned it. Uh, you know, the biggest signing in Columbus Crew history, Chucho Hernandez. Uh, this actually happened. We talked a little bit about uh, the Hell Is Real derby against uh, Cincinnati, uh, some tomfoolery after the game where Cincinnati fans uh, disgracefully, and I don't think I ever saw anything on Twitter, you know, for FC Cincinnati apologizing, but throwing beers at the Columbus crew team. Whoa. But you know what? That's that's rivalry shit. But you man. know what? That's a man awesome. of honor, a guy, who get, a guy who gets the rivalry, even though he just arrived at the club from England just a few months ago, he takes the beer, chugs it. Right on the field. So the last game that the crew had, or the next game after, they had a $5 beer happy hour before the game for Chucho Hernandez and his beer chug. They had a beer chug happy hour. So Chucho endearing himself to the Columbus faithful, uh, you know, showing out for the rivalry, understanding the rivalry, and, you know, getting getting a cheap drink for some guys, which, you know, us at 30 Rack, always a fan of. Bout it, bout it. Josh, who you shout out? Uh, guys, I'm going to stick with that same topic, actually. Uh, I've got a local shout out, but I also want to get to a soccer shout out here. Nick Hagland, the Xavier product and uh, Lakota, Lakota West product for FC Cincinnati. The defender finally scored a goal this season. Hashi Musketeers. He can finally cut his hair, has been growing his hair out uh, until he scores a goal. And I thought it was uh, pretty rough that Miazga came to FC Cincinnati in his first game as a defender, scored a goal, then scored the next week, and Hagland uh, was still looking for his, has been close so many times all season, finally got one off the boot from a corner in this past win against Charlotte. I also want to give a local shout-out to the Princeton Vikings football squad. Viking up. Who scored the most points in school history up in Sharonville, just north of Cincinnati here, 71-0 to against Lakota East this past Friday. Uh, way to take it to them, guys. Uh, all led by uh, quarterback R.J. West. 8 for 11, passing 168 yards, 3 passing touchdowns, and also 42 yards on the ground, including a 48-yard run and touchdown. Wow, that's a shocking result against the Thunderhawks. Yeah, that is, that's a shellacking. Good little pun there with the thunder and the shocking and whatnot. Uh, so, guys, we'll be back next week reviewing week one, reviewing week two of the college football season, which is going to be exciting in Ohio. We've got everything coming up. We've got great beer. We've got great sports. We've got great takes. For Zach on the opinions, good, bad, or otherwise. See ya. For Josh on the ones and twos. Hooray. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Peace.